Real quick here, uh, do some review again on some things that we've talked about over the last several weeks. And then I'm uh, going to spin into what we have for you today, praise God, amen. So with that said, go with me to, uh, to 1 John, again, 1 John, and chapter 5, please, 1 John and 5. Praise the Lord. And verse 5 says, whatever is born of, uh, verse 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Everybody say, whatever is born of God. Whatever is born of God. Now, we have, we have found, you know, uh, you know we've, we've been born of God. Of course, verse 5 is going to tell us that. Amen. So whether it's talking about you or me or whether it's talking about anything, whatever is born of God or is beget from God, born of God, birthed by God, amen, whether we're talking the Word of God, whether we're talking the Spirit of God, the armor of God, amen, all kinds of things, amen, that come out of God. And what he's saying is that everything that's been born of God has a DNA in it, okay, everything. Now, that includes you. So let's look. It said, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Verse 5. We'll come back to that in a minute. Who is he who overcomes the world? Who is he who overcomes the world? Well, hey, it's, it's he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if that's you, that means you've overcome the world. Why? Because you have the same kind of DNA on the inside. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, amen, that same overcoming ability, that same DNA is on the inside of you and me. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 4, please again. Amen. And it says this, that you are of God, little children, and you've overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. In other words, you have the seeds of greatness on the inside. The overcomer himself resides on the inside of you and me. Amen. So we can rejoice, amen, that we have uh, overcoming DNA, amen. Look at your neighbor and smile real big and say, that's pretty good DNA right there, amen. Now with that said, go back to verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 4, please. And let's look at this because this is kind of where we've gone with this thing. Uh, it says that, uh, that this is the victory, okay, that word victory, there's the word Nike, which means, you know, the means of success or means of victory or a triumph, amen, or overcoming, amen. So this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is the victory? It's our faith, amen. Now this word faith, Greek word here is pistis, okay, P-I-S-T-I-S is the Greek word, and it just means, uh, you know, uh, a confidence or reliance or a dependence upon. Amen. In fact, when you look it up, it, it, means, uh, it means to believe in or to have confidence or, or assurance in. Amen. But it says especially reliance. In other words, that's something, we, this is what it really comes down to, is relying on God. If you want to overcome any area of your life, then the best way to do it is rely on God. Come on now, this is going to make some sense here as we get into this today, all right? It's why we're kind of stressing a little bit today. Amen. So we rely on God, all right? So this is the victory. This is our means of success, amen, for overcoming anything in our life, amen. That is our faith, our believing, our reliance, our trust in God, amen. All right, so give me, uh, give me Mark 9, verse 23, please. We spent quite a bit of time in Mark 9 last week. But it said, Jesus, of course, talking to the father who brought his son who was having seizures. 
Uh, he'd been that way his whole life. And so he brought, him, uh, he brought his son to the disciples. And, of course, the disciples, uh, you know, they, uh, you know they, they struggled a little bit. They couldn't get the job done. And, of course, you know, Jesus shows up on the scene and then starts to kind of get into a dialogue about the whole thing. And finally, Jesus then, uh, you know, basically gives them insight on, on, you know, what was going on. All right? Why the disciples could not uh, get this boy delivered. And yet, when Jesus showed up, amen, he gets delivered. Come on, somebody. And Jesus announced to them and said it was because of their unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. unbelief. Amen. Now, the father asked Jesus, as if you can do anything, you know, deliver my son. Have compassion on us and deliver my son. Well, Jesus said it's not, it has nothing to do with that. He says, if you can believe. Everybody say believe. believe. If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Now, Jesus, uh, several things you can take away from this, but one is that obviously Jesus gives us permission to believe for the impossible. As we found out a couple weeks ago, he gives us permission to believe for the unusual. Because sometimes it takes an unusual thing to deliver someone or get somebody, uh, you know, to, you know to, for them to overcome, all right? So if you can believe, now this word believe, and this is why we're, we're hanging out here a little bit, this word believe comes from the root word pistis or faith, all right? So the word believe come, is the word pistiel, which means a committed belief. Come on, somebody. Believing or having faith in, but it refers to being committed, staying with it. Amen. If you will stay with it, if you will commit to believing, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. Now, this is a key to overcoming. God wants us to overcome. we got all kinds of things that maybe we're believing for and standing for, all kinds of areas in our life uh, that maybe we're trying to overcome in. All right? The word overcome is prevail or to conquer. Amen. Now, we all, we all are somewhere in there. All of us have something we're trying to, you know, trying to overcome. Come on now. And we're going to talk about that. But uh, here's the deal. Here's how it works. Is stay committed to it. Let's believe and keep believing. Let's not back down just because the pressure's on. All right? And that's why he was addressing the disciples. Actually, here addressing the Father. But then later he addressed the disciples. Amen. When they asked why they could not do it, he said, because of your unbelief. That's the key of it. Amen. So somewhere along the line, you allowed what you saw, what you heard, how you felt, begin to weigh heavier than just standing and believing. All right? Are you still with me? All right. So uh, to believe, amen, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes, praise God. All right. Put, uh, I wanted to do this. We touched on this maybe a few weeks back, but put Ephesians 3 and verse 20 up there, just because of where we're going with this today. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. How many know God is able to do? Yes. How many know? I mean, God can do anything, right? Come on now. Is there anything too hard for God? No. Come on now, you're good Christians. You, you know the answer to this, right? Is, is there anything too hard for God? No. Is there anything impossible with God? No. Is there anything impossible with those who believe? It gets a few less yeses. Come on now. How many know, how many know that, uh, that nothing is impossible with God, not, not just because we agree with it, 
although you should agree with it. Come on now. Not just because we said yes, or not just because we gave the, the okie-dokie and, the, and the, a favorable nod. Come on, somebody. All things are possible with God, amen, because that's the way he set it up. So there's no wavering. There's no, God doesn't do it one day and then decide not to do it the next day. All things are possible. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, um, a couple weeks back, we talked about uh, you know, some of our patriarchs of faith and uh, their willingness to stand their ground, to stay committed, amen, regardless of the pressure they're up against. We talked about Daniel, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how these men uh, experienced a deliverance from God, amen. But it was because of their commitment. You still with me? Because of their commitment, all right? So they could have, they could have you know, been up one minute and down the next, and maybe we, we wouldn't have that story. Come on. The lion's den, the fiery furnace. The story would have just ended. They went into the fiery furnace, and they died. Come on. He was thrown into the lion's den, and he died. And we'd go, well, that's a sad story. Right? Come on. But how many know he was thrown into the lion's den, but because of his stand, because of his commitment, amen, he's delivered. Their three boys were thrown into the fiery furnace, but because of their stand, because of their commitment, amen, they were delivered. They came out of the fiery furnace not even with the smell of smoke. Nothing, no clothes or singed, no nothing. Come on, somebody. That's pretty good news. Amen. Now, here we go. This is the reason for this. All right? Put that verse back up there, Ephesians 3 again. Now, to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but it's according to something. It's according to the power that works in us. The word power, uh, dunamis or dunamis, depending, I've heard it pronounced both ways, uh, which just means, it means uh, to, be, uh, to be possible force. Okay, so in other words, uh, it's all things are possible. Amen. Miraculous power. According to the power to be possible force that works in us, all right, that works in us. The word works here, energeo. Now, again, some more Greek words here, but they all have meaning here, okay? Energeo, okay, which we get our word energy from, okay, but it means active or proficient or efficient or productive, that word is. So the power, amen, or what, whatever, whatever it is, that, that ability, that miraculous power, that to-be-possible force that is actively working in us. means to be or remain active, which means it's active, it's a continual, constant working. So the point being is this again, okay? All things are possible if we can keep you locked on to it. All things are possible. There is nothing too hard for God if we can just keep you locked on to it. All right? So if we're, we're trying to overcome an area in our life, He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above even what we could ask or think. He's able to do that. But we've got to keep it working in us. That's the point. Still with me? Okay. So let's now shift gears here today, and you'll, you'll see why I kind of went through all these here. Uh, we're going to go to Mark chapter 12, please. Mark chapter 12. Are you doing good today? 
Or am I boring you already? I hope not. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Mark chapter 12, please. Let's get this working right here. There we go. Mark chapter 12. All right. Now, common text, but hopefully today it'll kind of it'll open up for you a little bit, give you some fresh insight. Amen. Verse 28 of chapter 12 says this, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together. Of course, now what's going on in context is, is uh, the Sadducees and Jesus are kind of in this little, little discussion going on. And of course, one of the scribes came up, heard part of this discussion. And, he, and you know, he liked what Jesus had to say. It says, and, and he came, and having heard them reasoning together, uh, perceiving that he had answered them well, he asked them, asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? All right, fair question. What's the first commandment of all? Everybody say first. Or foremost, that means. Verse 29, Jesus answered then and said this, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Everybody say, God is one. All right. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And this is the first commandment. The second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In fact, uh, Matthew's account of this, the way Matthew recorded it, he said that on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything is contingent on these two commandments. Everything hangs off of them. How you love God and how you love others. Still with me? All right. So everything's contingent to it. Okay, verse 32. He said, So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God. Everybody say one. There is one God and there is no other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength. Amen. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the burnt offerings. Amen. Our whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Amen. Then, or now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Amen. Of course, after that, nobody wanted to, wanted to you know, dare argue with him anymore. Amen. Now, this verse here, uh, you're not far from the kingdom. In Luke's account of this, especially the Amplified, it said, he told him, he said, do this and you'll live. You'll enjoy an active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom. Now, just the point and the reason I'm making all this is because everything's kind of hinged on these things. All right? How you love God, how you love others. All right? Now, we're going to focus on the first one today. All right, because that's really kind of kind of goes along with what we're trying to bring out with this series of overcoming. All right, and you know we're talking about really a a, a commitment. Amen. So back up here, and let's go to uh, verse is it twenty nine. Let's go to verse twenty nine. So the first of all the commandments is, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." So let's. Let's define that real quick, okay? So the word one, if it says the Lord is one, what does that mean? Well, uh, it's, it's the, the Greek word is H-E-I-S, which is pronounced heis, okay? That's how it's pronounced. But it means he's first, alone, only, every, primary, all right? He's first in significance and first in importance. 
How many agree with that? Okay, now, spiritually speaking, we all, you know, we know the right answer to it, but he, he's, he's number one, right? And that, I mean, that's, it makes sense, all right? The Lord is one. Now, the Word says, seek first the kingdom of God, right, and all these things, right? Come on, everything else, everything the Gentiles seek after, all of it comes unto you. In other words, all that you have and all that's been offered to you in the kingdom, everything out of that blessed life, all that you're called to is yours, amen, if you just go after Him. He's saying the same thing. He says, listen, he said, God is one. He's number one. Now, it's key. And we, as, you know, as Christians, we, you know, we ain't going to argue with that. I could probably walk into any, any church, any, uh, you know, Bible-believing church. Come on now, I better, better clarify that. Amen. We could walk into any kind, pretty much any kind of denominational church and say, God is number one, and, and probably everybody have their way of saying Amen. Some might just say, they'll agree, give you the nod. Some will say amen. Some will shout a victory. So come on, somebody will clap. Somebody will slap you five. Come on, somebody. Because we all know the right answer to it. Am I right? Okay. Now, pisteo, believing. Total commitment. A believing. A committed believing. In jail. An active commitment. Amen. You keep it working. You stay committed to it. Amen. The next verse, put verse 30 up there, if you will. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Amen. Now, the word love, okay? Agapeo, okay? The word uh, love, in other words, God is love, is the word agape. A lot of people, you know, know that. Uh, it just means a, an unconditional love. Amen. But agapeo, which comes out of that root word of agape, amen, means a committed love. It always comes down to a commitment. Listen to this. There ain't no diet out there that works without a commitment to it. There's no business plan out there that works unless you're committed to it. There's no success formula that works unless you're committed to it. There's no marriage that even works right unless you're, unless you're committed to it. There's no walk, no part of your walk in God, now listen, that works right. Unless you're committed to it. That's what he's trying to bring here. If we're willing to commit to it, this stuff will work. It always will. Amen. Every area of our life. Are you still with me? All right. Said all that. Here we go. Verse 30 again. Put verse 30 again. Amen. Let's leave it there. And you shall love the Lord your God. Remember now who is one. He's it. Come on now. Come on now. So the struggle is, amen, and what he's bringing out here in verse 30 is keeping verse 29 in check. Is he going to be number one with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength? Is he going to remain number one? Okay. So let's define this a little bit, and then maybe I have a little... 
uh, what do you call that when you bring something up and you have a show? Object lesson. See, my wife's so good about object lessons, I never have them, but I have one today. I have an object lesson. All right, so, all right, so here we go. So, uh, love God with all your heart, okay? The word heart, okay? Uh, cardio, we get our cardio, okay? Which means actually middle or center, okay? It's not really talking about your blood pump. It's talking about, you know, the core. Literally means the seat of control. Everybody say seat of control. The seat of control, decision-making, where basically your will, your character, all that comes out of that. Jesus said everything comes out of the heart of man. Everything does. How you live, how you conduct life. In fact, in Mark 7, he even says the good, the bad, and the ugly all come out of the heart, the heart of man. Paul brought it out, praise God, uh, you know, that it all comes out of the heart. Amen. He says your mouth, how you, how you speak and how you talk, Jesus even said that, how you talk is basically going to come out of the abundance of your heart. So whatever's in here, it determines what comes out here. Solomon brought out, praise God, that, that your whole life, all the issues of life, everything about your life is coming out of the heart. Everything comes out of the heart, okay, because it's about a decision being made. It's about who's going to be in control, you or him. Because that determines some things, right? So everything comes out of the heart. So Jesus made it clear. He says that the way you control that then is what you deposit in your heart, what you put in there. If you don't put the right stuff in, the right stuff ain't going to come out. So whatever you feed on, whatever you draw in, is, it always determines what comes out. You know, and I always kind of toss this out here because a lot of times, you know, you, you might be talking about a loved one or a friend or somebody, and, and then somebody says, well, you know, they have a good heart. Well, if, if, they're, if they're not showing that, then the heart ain't good. Now, they have the potential. Don't want to take that away, right? They have the potential to be good. Come on. But what we see in action, what we see coming out, amen, is what's in the heart. Still with me? Okay, now that's all important. So we love God. We're committed, a committed love, amen, to God, amen, with all our heart. Everybody say, all the heart. Okay, with all the soul now. Let's define that. All the soul. Uh, suke, okay, uh, which means breath or vital force, okay, but it's referring uh, to what can, can, basically what's coming in, what's going out, okay? Now, it means this, the seat. Everybody say the seat. The seat of feelings and emotions. It refers to the desires and affections. All of it starts, it's an emotion, come on now, which starts at an internal motion of the mind, which then is moved to an external motion, hallelujah, of some sort, of some kind of emotion, come on, that comes out. Anger, joy, excitement, come on, all kinds. It could be good, it could be bad. But it all comes out of the soul. So he says we're to love God with all our heart and with all our soul. All right? So the seed of control of the heart the seed of the feelings and emotions comes out of the soul. How about the mind? Let's talk about the mind. All right, the mind here, this particular word here, uh, means deep thought. Okay, that's what this one's used. So the soul includes the mind, but this is talking about deep thought. Okay, it's the word imagination. It's the, it's the understanding and exercise of the mind. Literally means the seat of reasoning. 
the place of reasoning or the seat of reasoning. So it's talking about not just a momentary thing, whereas the soul can deal with just momentary things, whereas this one here, this word here dealing with the mind, is talking about something that you're sitting and you're meditating, you're drawing on, you're reasoning, you're, you're, you're taking time, you're drawing things up, even pulling things up in your imagination that could be good, that could be bad. You could be imagining the worst or you could be imagining the best. Amen. Are you still with me? Yeah. But it deals with taking time to, to understand, to reason, all right? So talking about deep thought, all right? So we have the seat of control, the seat of, uh, you know, the emotions and feelings, the mind being the seat of reasoning, okay? Still with me? Yeah. All right. So with all your strength. So we're to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all of our strength. Amen. Do you notice it's your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength? Are we clear? Okay, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, come on, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Are we clear? The word strength here, okay? It means force or might. It means to extend energy to carry something out. It means the seat of one's ability. The seat of one's ability. So coming out of your strength, okay? So now we're called to love God who is one, right? He should have, so what he's trying to say is this, he wants to be crowned king in all these areas. God wants to be crowned king in your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. He's one. He's one. Rick, you're going to help me today, all right? Grab me four chairs, Mr. Rick. Bring them right up here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We'll just kind of move this out of the way. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there's fun in it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Doug. Appreciate it. Just give me another one here. There you go. That's good. Right there. You can leave your chair, Rick. I'll leave you. You can have your chair. Hallelujah. Just right here. Just turn them right here. Face the congregation. All right. Now, we're talking about overcoming. We still haven't off that subject. And uh, let's put them, bring them in this way, if you will. All right? Now, we're called to overcome in all areas of our life. Now, I'm just going to submit to you right now, and we're going to see it here in a minute, that the areas that you don't have submitted to God, that you're not committed to God in, I guarantee you is the areas you're struggling in. That's just, that's pretty... I think pretty basic and simple. So whatever he's not king in, you feel a little alone there, Rick? In fact, why don't you just come on up here. Come up here, Rick. Sit, sit right here. Then you can even feel more alone. It's okay. Hey, you, we, I, kind of close there, brother. I called him today to see what he was wearing. I'm a, yeah, I, I jumped my glasses, and now they're all tweaked, and I hate that when that happens. That's why you get a three-pack. Yeah, I got it. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. Okay, now, so Rick's going to, you're going to be the father. You're going to be the heavenly father. You okay with that responsibility? Okay, what we have here is four chairs. I guess you can kind of already figure it out, right? So we have the, you know, the heart, the soul, the mind. And the strength, okay? So the seat of control, uh, the seat of 
feelings and emotions, the seat of uh, um, the reasoning, and the seat of uh, one's ability. Still got it? Pretty simple, right? You can see it coming. So anyway, he's one. So what he's asking is to have the seat. I serve on a few uh, boards here and there, and, and um, sometimes that's fun, sometimes that ain't. And, uh, but uh, they have, a, a, you know, the guy that's in charge, they call it, sometimes they say they, they have the chair or they have the seat, and, uh, meaning they're, you know, the president or whatever. And usually the one in the, in the chair or in the seat kind of has a little bit of dominion authority in the sense of maybe kind of making sure that everything kind of heads in a certain direction. They may not have all control by any means, but, but what they're doing is usually they're there to make sure everything kind of moves in a, in a particular direction. Makes sense, right? And so what God's asking is that there's, there's, there's four chairs mentioned in this, in this verse, okay? Uh, four chairs, so four seats, okay? One dealing with the heart, one dealing with the soul, one dealing with the mind, and one dealing with the strength, your, your strength. So your heart, your, your soul, your mind, your strength, okay? So... Uh, he says, now you have to determine who's going to sit in the seat. That's all he's asking. That's, you have to make that choice. Now, who sits in that seat will probably determine then how, you're gonna, how that area of your life is going to function. Pretty simple, right? Right? So if he's in the chair, then he's in control. He's number one. Come on, he calls the shots. Now, if he does that, if he's the one that's in control, you're going to find that you overcome in areas. Remember, we're talking about commitment. See, if, we're not, if our heart ain't committed, if we're not really in this thing, if we're not really committed in our believing, committed in our, in our action, committed in our love for God, if we're not really committed there, we're going to struggle with it all the time. Now, we're just going to focus on the first com commandment. And just, just for the record, the second commandment being, you know, loving people as you love yourself, uh, you know, that's really pretty much hinged and contingent on the first one. Because depending on how you love God is probably going to determine how you're going to love others. That's just the facts, okay? So we're going to focus primarily today on this first one, all right? So uh, loving God with all our heart, soul, our mind, and our strength, all right? So uh, he's number one. He should be number one, all right? Now, um, a lot of times, you know, we're going along and the seat of control, it determines, you know, you know every day you're, you're making decisions, every day your life, amen, how you conduct life, amen, is going to be contingent on the heart, the core, the center, all right, your decision making. And a lot of times we just go along with life, we don't think nothing of it, we're just, we're just moving along, we're just doing life like we always do it. All right, we we have a job, we have our families, we we you know we go home, we you know we we you know take care of some things with the house and the property and the kids and the we just got all kinds of things pulling at us every day, and so we make decisions every day, we make choices every day. That's just pretty simple, right? But if 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 you are king over the heart, and he's not, then your decision making in all those areas is going to be you know, it's going to be tainted. Now, all of a sudden, you got decisions about, you know, things going on. You're dealing with, you're trying to overcome. You're trying to conquer areas of your life. And, man, you struggle with it. And you wonder why, how come uh, this isn't changing? How come this ain't changing? It could be that maybe the wrong person's in the seat. Can, could, could you move over? Thank you. Thank you, God. Because I got this. 
I got this. You know, I know what I need to do here. I know, I know what you want me to do, but, you know, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I know my family. Mm-hmm. In your heart. I, I, know, I know a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everything, but, <laughs> but you know, this thing, I, I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you're going along and you've bumped him over because he's not one. Mm-hmm. Listen. Listen, we're not here to condemn anybody. We're not here to, uh, to bring any kind of shame or guilt or any of that kind of stuff. We've all been here. We get going along, and pretty soon we recognize, or you should be able to recognize as you're going along in life, you know what, I didn't stop and talk to God one time about that situation. I'm, I'm here to say I love God with all my heart, and, and we all know the right answer. As I said earlier, we all, in a sense, you know, we all uh, we agree with that. We agree with it. Okay, now, not Bible agreement, because Bible agreement means you're in unison. It means you're unanimous. Come on, you're, you're, you're one. It means to be in one accord, one mind, completely. But, you know, the, if you look up just the word agreement in like a world college dictionary or some kind of thing, it means a favorable nod. It means to say yes. See, there's a lot of people saying yes, and they still sit in the seat. A lot of people that give the favorable nod because it sounds right. Yeah, I mean, God is able to, to do all, you know, exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Nothing's impossible with God. With you, I should say, with you. You okay with that? All right. So, um, you know, nothing's too hard for you. I agree with that. I give the nod because, you know, if I said, well, I don't agree with that, then that would make me like a, an unbeliever. <gasps> now you're getting it. See, he said what? If, see, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And so what, did he, what, what Jesus did is he rebuked them for their unbelief. When he first showed up on the scene, when the father brought his father or brought his son in with the problem, he shows up. They're all kind of, hey, whoa, 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 you know what's going on? And so he he rebukes their lack of believing or lack of faith. Literally says in, in, in the Greek it says unbelief. Okay. Then when he addresses the father, the father then he obviously gets it. He says, if you can, he says, help my unbelief because he realized he was in unbelief. He wasn't believing. He had unplugged his believing. Later on, when the disciples asked him why they couldn't do it, in Matthew's account, it specifically says, because of your unbelief. Now, they all gave the nod. They all said yes. You know, they, they were around. They seen it all the time. They were with him every day. So they didn't disagree with, with what Jesus could do or what could happen for this, this young man or this boy of his. The point was is that they had unplugged due to whatever, okay? Again, no condemnation. There is no, uh, there is no shame to this. We've all done this kind of thing. That whatever it was, something happened that caused us to unplug. And we took over the chair. Because you're one. 
So all of a sudden, I'm back to making my decisions again. Now, I love God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor, a preacher of the gospel. Sitting in the wrong chair. Are you with me? And we don't think, we just go along because it's everyday life. It's what we're used to doing. That's what we always, we always make those choices. We, we always make those decisions. That's, that's what we do. That's our life. And we, we get up, we shower a certain, I mean, we all have this, we all have this, we're creatures of habit. We roll out of bed the same way. We brush our teeth the same way. We shower the same way. We, we usually take the same route to work. We usually, you know, do the same thing. And you got miserable Monday and you got taco Tuesday and you got, I mean, we go, everything is just, we're just, we're just creatures of habit because we're so used to sitting in the chair. And then we wonder why we're not overcoming things, even though we might say the right things. Come on, nothing wrong. we got to say the right things. But we might, we might know what the Bible says. We might know what the verse is. We might know what we should believe. But we're still sitting in the chair. The Spirit of God is trying to walk us through things, show us things. Amen. It's in those little things. See, if there's, if there's a commitment to Him, I guarantee you, you'll overcome. Because He just takes a few simple things. He walks you through it. And you follow God, you get results. I said you get results. Okay, would you move over, please? Thank you. The seed of the feelings and emotions. Sometimes we wear our feelings on our sleeve. And, you know, we should love God with all our heart, with all our soul. Come on, somebody. But, man, all it takes is that, that jerk to say what he said. All it takes is that, that kid, that work partner, that boss, that spouse, just say, oh, they know how to push my buttons. So, God, I, I'm sorry, I need the chair. So, so you're in control of your feelings and you're in control of your emotions. And so here come a thought. Now, listen, we're, we're not denying that stuff happens, stuff goes on. Here comes a thought that tries to create an internal motion. Are you hearing me? Now, what you have to do at that moment, you have to decide who's in the chair, who's in the seat. Because what we normally do, I'll tell you, I'll give you a piece of my mind. Nobody needs a piece of your mind, right? And chances are, they probably already know how you feel about it, right? But what happens is if he's not in the chair, instead you want to sit in the chair, then you're probably going to react like you always do. And in the meantime, you're wondering why you can't overcome these areas. And we're upset about, you know, man, I don't know why God just don't take it from me. Well, he, he offered to sit in the chair, but you don't let him. So you keep taking the chair back. But we're loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Because He's number one. We all know the right thing to nod our head to and say yes to. But we're still sitting in the chair. Would you move, please? Yeah, go ahead. 
the mind, the seat of reasoning. Again, this word here um, deals with deep thought, the reasonings, what you sit and you ponder on. Okay, that's what it's dealing with. This, this word here is what it deals with. So what you choose to ponder on, the seed of reasoning, what you choose now to take as information that you're going to feed on, dwell on, meditate on, literally engage your imagination on. See, the imagination was a tool given to you by God. It totally was. And if you use it for the right things, it's amazing what you can get done. But we have a tendency to start thinking the worst pretty soon. Even though something wasn't said, something wasn't done, your mind will race there. If you meditate on it long enough and you'll, you'll hang out right there in that road, that pathway, that situation, that room, that whatever. And you'll hang there because you just made a decision you're going to sit in the chair. But if he sits in the chair and here comes a thought and all of a sudden because, he, you know, you, because he's in the chair, you know enough to say, you know what, I cast that thought down. I refuse to meditate on that. That's not of God, so I refuse to think about it. So I cast that down. I thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, that I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I walk in the peace of God. I ain't going to worry about those things or whatever it is. Again, we're not denying the existence of all those things that try to pull on you every day. All these things that hit you every day. I think some people think because I'm a preacher that I don't understand those things. We all get it. We all have a life to live. We all have families. We all have jobs. We all have things. We all have things that try to consume our time. Come on, somebody. We all have things that go on, things that we like, things that we dislike. We all heard the news report. We all heard the, the thing over here. We all heard about that. We all seen this. We all seen that. Come on. We all have the same things we have to deal with. All right? But you have to decide who's going to sit in the chair. And he'll move every time you ask him. He will. God does not force himself on any chair. He won't do it. He won't take any place he, unless you let him take it. That's it. And we have to understand he ain't going to force himself to take over uh, the chair in your mind when it comes time uh, to your, your uh, decision making. He ain't going to take over the chair when it comes time uh, to your feelings and your emotions. He won't do it. Now, if you let him and you ask him and, 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 and continue to let him sit in that chair, he'll walk you through anything. He'll make sure that you overcome any area of that, of that area. He'll make sure you overcome. Because he'll lead you, guide you, direct you. He'll show you what to do, what to say, what to pray, what to meditate on, uh, how to decide here, where to go, right, left, up, down, sign it, don't sign it. He'll help you with every bit of it if he's in the chair. Love God. Come on. Agapeo, agapeo, a love that's committed. Peter, do you love me? Oh, yeah, Lord, I, I love you. Feed my sheep. Hey, Peter, you love me? Well, oh, yeah, Lord, I, I love you. Tend to the lambs. Hey, Peter, do you love me? By this time, I think Peter's starting to figure it out. Lord, you know whether I do or I don't. Now, there's a lot 
in that text. That's in John 21. But um, Jesus asks him, he's, he asks him, he says, do you agapeo me? Are you committed? And Peter answers, phileo. In other words, he didn't say, I'm committed to you. He said, I, I'm pretty fond of you. I was going to have a joke with my wife when we were early on. She says, I love you, honey. I said, I'm pretty fond of you too, sweetheart. <laughs> what do you think came next? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. Ah! Right? Peter, do you agapeo me? I phileo you. I'm fond of you. I'm I want to be a good friend of yours. That's what it means. But he never one time answered that he was committed. You know what Jesus did on the third time? He asked him. He asked him, you phileo me? In other words, you, you want to be my friend then? Okay. That's, that's where we are. Because that's the way it is all the time. He will always meet you where you're at. He ain't going to make you, he ain't going to make you agapeo him. If you just want to be, you know, just be fond of him, then that's, uh, he'll, take, he'll take that. Come on. But the problem is, seeing in the areas that we're looking to overcome, if, if, our, if our love for God is just about a fond friendship, then when he starts leading and guiding directly, you say, please move over. In fact, why don't you go ahead and move over? You, you can go back to that first one if you want. Yeah, that'd be fine. You can take that one. Thank you, God. I'll give you that area today. He ain't never going to force himself on you. He'll sit wherever you ask him to sit. If you, if you want him to, be that, to take that seat in your life, he'll do that. But then when it comes time to him leading, guiding, or directing, are you willing? Are you going to be committed enough to let him remain in the chair? Or are you going to tell him to move just because, here we go, your own strength, your own ability, I got this. I got myself into this mess, and I'll get myself out. Now, that's just ignorance gone to seed, isn't it? Because you got yourself in that mess because you're trying to do everything in your own strength. So now you ask God to remove himself from the seat, and you take it thinking somehow you're going to fix it. Are you still with me today? So in your own ability, your own strength, Somehow, you know, we, we think we're going we're gonna to handle this. So we're trying, to, we're trying to live life, trying to conduct life as a, as a spouse, as a parent, as a, a work partner, as an employee or employer, uh, trying to live life. And we're trying to control everything in our own strength and our own ability and then wondering why, why we can't overcome in some of these areas. Remember the... It all comes down to a commitment because when it really comes down to it, if we're not committed to anything he leads or guides or directs, then there's a good chance you're just going to maintain that until the Lord's return. Are you glad you came out today? Okay. I'm glad you came out, Vic. So which chair? 
Is he, you're going to crown him king and let him be one in each chair? These are just four areas, you know. Of course, it probably covers most, most of the ground here. Because remember, we said everything's contingent on this. Everything's, all the law and prophets hang on this. You know, um, the word commandment, like if you back up to like verse 29, I think it is, or is that right? I think it's verse 29. He said the first of all the commandments. That word commandment there, um, it means a, uh, a authoritative prescription. It means a principle or, uh, you know, something that's declared to follow. Okay, Any, and so how many know there's all kinds of commandments? They're not, now this is referring to the, you know, to the original, but when God tells you uh, to stop worrying, do you know that's a commandment? If He's telling you to be kind to that person, He's not giving you just a friendly suggestion. It comes out of this same word. It was an utterance, come on, that was declared that word commandment means a authoritative prescription or formula or remedy. Which means this, that anything God speaks, it's your remedy. We say, well, you're just taking away my authority, taking away my, uh, you know, making me do something. You're putting me under the law. You're putting me in bondage. No, it's your, it's your remedy. It's your, it's your, it's, it's what you need to walk free in that area. So that's why he comes here and he says, this here, the first, this is the, this is it. This is number one. If you can do this, the rest of them get easy. If you can do this, amen, I guarantee you then God is, is number one in all areas of your life. And then praise God when he starts leading and guiding, directing. If he's in the chair, amen, that area of your life works. You overcome anything that comes down the pike, anything that comes down, uh, you know, at you, at, down the road at you in any way, shape, or form. You can overcome it because he's in the chair. The second like it, love, love others as you love yourself you know and it's hard to love other people when you're not submitted and committed to mr love himself it just it just ain't gonna work and so you know it all you can almost say that it's almost all hinged on this first one amen but amen he jesus said both of these you get these two right amen love him like you should you stay committed to that and love others like you should guess what this stuff works and you walk free. Now, the idea of all of this, you know, when you stop and you look at, um, you know, several weeks ago, uh, we talked about unusual miracles. And if you go and you look at all the unusual things that God did, the impossible things, that, or at least it seemed impossible till God did it, right? It was impossible for the sea to split until He did it. It was impossible for water to come out of a rock until he did it. It was impossible, uh, you know, the, the deliverance uh, to use four leprous men to deliver a whole city. And all they did was walk to the enemy's camp looking for some food. But what seemed impossible is no longer impossible. Because he did it. All these unusual things that he did, all the impossibilities that were made possible happened in almost every occasion, somewhere along the line, somebody was committed to this thing. Yeah. 
staying committed, regardless of how it looked, regardless of how they felt, regardless of the decisions they normally made, regardless of what, you know, what their mind wanted to do, regardless of how they wanted to handle it in their own strength, all that kind of stuff. If, if he sits in the chair, then he leads you and he guides you and he directs you. And all of a sudden you find now that the impossibilities are now made possible that the unusual things begin to manifest for his people like no different than, uh, than the patriarchs of faith. You know, sometimes I think about, you know, these people like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, people uh, like David, some of the things that happened through David and, and you know, the, these things that, and we think, well, why, why do those things happen anymore? Be, because we have so many other options. You know, you can go to certain places on the globe and you go minister healing and people get delivered Amen. and healed. Miraculous healing. God is still moving. The dead are still being raised. You come to the States, or not everywhere, but you come places in the States and you wonder, where's God? Well, God God's ready to do whatever you want, but, but we're just not committed to it. We just, you know, for, we, we, we pray for a day or two maybe. We might, you know, maybe we'll stand for a week. And then we take the chair over again. And then we wonder why God didn't show himself strong. Because we have options. And we've all been in this state, every one of us, including the guy you're looking at here. Him. <laughs> Me too. Amen. We've all been here. Where because of how you normally function and live life, you're going along, and before long, you don't even realize that you've took over the chair, and you're back to running it again, and in the meantime, that area that you want to get delivered from, you don't get delivered from, or that area you want to overcome, you don't overcome, and it's all because we took over the chair again. And so he says, to love the Lord your God, amen, agapeo, the Lord your God, who is one with all your heart, the seat of control of all your soul, come on, the seat of feelings and, and, and emotions, with all your mind, the seat of reasoning, and with all your strength, the seat of one's own strength, or the one's own ability. Amen. If you will love God with all those areas, you might be amazed at what begins to click and work, and how many times God will show himself strong to do a miracle. I've seen people get healed and delivered because there was no other options. God move on a, a financial need because they got to the place there was no other option. So they had to call out on God and God said, well, I'll show up, right? Because we, we eliminated all the other options. Seeing God move in our marriages because you cried out to God because everything else you tried didn't work. And finally you, you stopped for a few minutes and said, God, I need help. And, and just like the, the prodigal comes home, dad is right there with arms wide open. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Because his, the word says, we loved him because he first loved us. See, he's committed to this relationship. He's committed to it. And so the minute you look to him and move toward him, that's why it says when you draw near to him, he draws near. Why? Because he's committed to this love. His love for you. 
It didn't just, it didn't stop the, you know, after he sent his son and say, okay, now you're on your own. He's there every day of your life. Uh, you know, a lot of times what happens when we, you know, we, we're, we're born again, we're now serving God, and then we, we trip, we stumble, and, and for some reason we have this feeling God's wanting to put the hammer down on us and beat on us. Hello. And I don't, I, I don't understand all that mentality because my thought is, what, why did it, why did it, you think God stopped loving you because you made a mistake? He loved you in the thick of your mistakes. He loved you when you didn't even have anything to do with Him. And you think because you stumbled or you made a mistake that now He's going to stop loving you? Come on now. Now, He's not condoning sin. He's not, he's not justifying sin or, or uh, you know, somehow making excuses for sin. That's your choice, and he knows that. And the same way you make a choice, who sits in the chair? You live your life how you want to live your life. And he'll let you live your life. You want to go to hell, let you go to hell. That's just the truth. He doesn't, he's never forced himself on anybody. Now, there have been a few of you think, well, I think he did on me one time. That's probably because somebody else was praying. There was a, come on now. There was a few times the Spirit of God moved on me, and I know it was just Grammy. Come on now. Give Grammy a call. Hey, hey, lighten up. Get off my... Come on now. But somebody's standing and committed to this thing, and it starts moving and shifting. Come on, somebody. And God is always there with wide open arms. Amen. Amen. You want to go play in the hog pit, you know, hog, you know, mire and all that kind of, then go do it. But as soon as you make a decision to brush yourself off and say, you know what? Uh, things are better back with Dad. I'm going to go talk to dad. And he's right there. The word said he was watching. Amen. He saw him from afar off coming. He runs to him, wide open arms, wraps his arms around him, hogs smelling all. Come on, somebody. Takes him back. Amen. Puts the robe back on him, the finger back, or the, the ring back on his finger. Amen. Give the shoes on the feet. Praise God. Let's kill the fatted calf. Hallelujah. Let's party. Praise God. Because my boy was dead, but now he's alive. He was gone, but now he's home. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I mean, man, that's exactly how the Father looks at things. Amen. So he's just waiting for you to let him have the chair and let, allow him to stay in the chair. Amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Rick. Praise God. Give this man a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Whew. Well, let's love God with all our heart our soul, our minds, and our strength. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's purpose to do that. Father, we give you praise and glory today. Thankful for your truths and your principles here today. And Thank you, Lord God, even moving on behalf of those here today. I, Lord, I, don't, I have no idea where everybody is, but maybe everybody here knows you. But maybe they don't. So, Father, I give you praise for every heart, every life, every family represented here today. I thank you for the great things you've already begun and doing, but, Lord, for, hallelujah, we're grateful and confident that what you started, you're finishing. 
And so we're grateful for what you're about to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you've never asked Him into your heart, you've never made that decision and you'd like to today, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to pray with you. I'd love to just leave God with you and encourage you and you know, just kind of give you, you know, our blessing and help you with some things. And so if you're here today and you've never done that and you'd like to do that, why don't you just throw a hand up at me? Praise God. Anybody in here? Anybody? All right. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Anybody else in here? All right. Now, I'm assuming everybody else in here knows Jesus. Is that correct? All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sir, would you like to serve back there in the back? See if it's ask him to nod, nod him there. Just Hallelujah. Do you, do you know Jesus, sir? Okay. All right. I was just verifying it. No worries. Just ask him. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm believing everybody knows Jesus. Now, next question. All right. How many in here are willing to let him stay in the seat? Amen. Amen. In every area. He's one. He's number one. Amen. Praise God. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor right now. We're thankful for every heart that was receptive today, for opening the eyes of our understanding today, giving us clarity about things today, giving us insight. And so, Father, I give you the praise and the glory today. Hallelujah. For the decisions that have been made. Amen. To, you, to let you be king in every area of our lives. Hallelujah. We choose to love you with all our heart, all our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. We choose you. We seek you. We follow you. Hallelujah. And we trust you. And we give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.